If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Today, we are talking about scaling your business as an entrepreneur and visionary leader in 2020 and beyond. So today I have Rebecca Hall. And she is a veteran business coach who's coached, who has over 10 years plus plus experiences, worked with over 2,500 companies. She's the former director of organizational development and leadership coaching for a $100 million tech company in Arizona. And her specialty areas include operations, systems, sales, marketing strategies, product development, leadership, revenue modeling, and my favorite, management of a private <laughs> aircraft, which she's going to do for me someday. That's my intention out there. Rebecca and I have known each other for years. We are the yin and yang when it comes to coaching. As Rebecca always says, I'm the nice one. <laughs> I'm the nice one. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and we love, we have so much fun at sales camp, training and coaching our clients. And then we get to coach our clients together um, in our breakthrough and immersion programs, which is a lot of fun. So today you're going to get a little sense of what it's like to spend a little bit of time with us. And especially around this idea of scaling. Because so many of you have come to us and said, you know, I want to take my business to the next level. I have a six-figure business. I want it to be seven figures. I have seven figures. You know, what's next after that? And we want to start that conversation here. And I encourage you to continue this conversation with us. So if after this, uh, you listen to the podcast and you have questions, email us at contact at salescoachnow. Or if you want to find out about working with us privately, again, email contact at salescoachnow and we'll get you more information on that. So Rebecca, let's just dive in. It's a little bit different. Usually we're talking about, you know, just, just sales, but of course when you get right. sales, you know, you have to go to the next level. So when you think about scaling and when we have this conversation in our sales coach now community, what does scaling mean to you or how would you describe it? Right. Um, scaling is actually a really important part of business. It's the act of like growing the company beyond you just being uh, a solopreneur or a one man, one woman show. So it's about getting that business bigger. Um, and then if you want something bigger, right, you have to have a bigger foundation or a more uh, solid foundation to allow that to grow, right? Just like a tree. If a tree doesn't have a good root system, it's not going to be able to grow tall and branch out. Yeah, for sure. So 
We've worked with clients who are startups, who've grown to seven figures, right? We've grown, we work with companies that are, you know, multi six figure, want to get to seven figure, worked at many different levels. When you think about all, all of our clients and all the clients that you've worked with in your, the trajectory of your career, why do you think it's easier for some people to scale and why do other entrepreneurs get stuck? <laughs> why does that make you laugh? I think sometimes, uh, well, here's what I do know, and this might offend some people. Intelligence has nothing to do with it. I'm Sometimes, not <laughs> yeah. That's actually a relief, right? For hey, you know what? Not. Me too, because well, I thought I'll if I just it. learned enough, I could, you know, be super successful. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes people that scale really quickly, um, or I don't want to say easy, because there's there's definitely nothing easy about business. There's definitely simplicity. But sometimes how you approach it is really different. So our, our clients that scale really quick or people I see that scale really quick or successfully, mm -hmm. they really do have a win at all costs type of attitude. Like they don't let their personal um, fears, doubts, limiting beliefs hold them back. And a lot of times um, they don't have to have everything set in stone or all the planets don't have to align. Like they're just willing to move forward, knowing yeah. that if they move forward, they'll figure it out. Um, they're also very coachable. They ask questions. Um, they're humble, uh, transparent. So it definitely is like a certain type of person that's just like willing to like go for the gold yeah. versus someone who has a lot of doubt, a lot of fear. Um, and I know some of the questions you're going to ask, we can, we can dip into that a little bit, mm -hmm. but usually we're the ones that hold ourselves back from growing or not. Yeah. So you, you're talking about like confidence and, and courage. And one of our clients once said, I don't, I'm not always confident, but I am always courageous. Mm -hmm. And I just right. thought, I thought like we've shared that at sales council with other clients because it's such a brilliant statement. Can you unpack that a little bit? Like, what do you think that meant? You know, you think about that specific client or other clients, yeah. what does that really mean when it comes to growing the business? Yeah. Here's the thing. Anytime in life we try to do something right that we've never done before of course there's no confidence mm -hmm. right? right you're only confident when you hit the ball a hundred times in a row like what's the chance you're going to hit on the hundred and first pretty good i'm pretty confident um if i've given this speech before i'm confident if i've sold 10 of these before i'm confident um but courageousness is willing to go and do something that you haven't done before, but you're still willing to do it. Um, there's a meme going around Facebook right now that says, have the courage to suck at something new. Mm -hmm, I love it. <laughs> and it's not like, that's so true, right? Because if yeah. you've never done it before, of course it's gonna be uncomfortable. Of course you're not gonna be confident or even there's no crystal ball. You don't know how it's gonna turn out. So just having the courage to try and move forward is I, I think like one of the things that I just see across the board with people that are successful. Because they're just yeah. willing to try. Right. Willing to take a step. Mm -hmm. And so for our listeners who are all over the world, like, like there's something right in front of you right now that you probably don't want to do, <sighs> but you know, it's the exact thing that you have to do, right? The right. Girl, Eleanor Roosevelt once said, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. I mean, there's stuff in my business. I don't want to do it. Like there's certain things that I know that I have to do. I don't want to do. I might not necessarily right. feel confident about doing them, but I know that if I don't, the business can't continue to grow. And well, even if you uh, don't have, even if you don't want to do it, who can? I mean, that is part of scaling is team, contractors, like there's definitely things in my business I don't want to do, but they're, they're critical to growing a business. So I'm more than willing to hire mm -hmm. the brain 
right? Now I'll, I'll know enough about it. Like I have to lead it, but you know, someone else can do it. I'm totally fine with that. So what I do see is sometimes the value that we give ourselves in our business is what we do, right? So you don't understand, Rebecca, uh, my clients want me. That's why they come here. And the truth is, that's not true. I mean, there is a level of relatedness in your bedside manner, whatever you want to call it. But the truth is, they're just coming to you to get their problem solved or their need met. So a lot of times I see businesses not scale because if they're not the magic, then they actually don't have value. Like what would you do if your business was completely systematized and running on its own? Like you don't see the McDonald's owner like hanging out by the ketchup going like, hi, <laughs> you know, right. like they've got a system, like they're out living their life and they come in and they have their checks and balances. But that's part of like what that internal confidence or feeling is, is are you willing to get really big knowing that you're not the magic? That's great. So, so powerful. And to like, to not have to do it all. And when I was talking about things I didn't want to do, like, absolutely. Like there's things I don't want to do because I'm not good at them and I need to hire, but then there's things I don't want to do because it's uncomfortable. Right. Right. And right, that's right. where it's like, all right, but there's certain things that only I can do. Only I can lead my team, lead the company. Um, so mm -hmm. if I can hire someone to do part of that, but that, you know, it's, it's being willing to do those things that, you know, you put off and you don't want to do. And so for right. those who are listening, I really like, if you're driving or on the treadmill, you don't have to do this, but if you are <laughs> sitting down somewhere, I want you to write down one thing, like what's one thing you don't want to do in your business right now, because it feels uncomfortable and you don't want to do it, but yet, you know, it's holding you back. I love it. Declare it. Yeah. Yeah. Declare it. What do, what do you not want to do? You know what I don't like doing in my business? What's that? Um, I don't like, like the, the planning, like the marketing part. I do not like marketing in business, mm -hmm. you know, just like trying to be creative. Like my personality, I like to just like see a problem, go solve it, see a problem, go solve it. So mm -hmm. to create like this whole huge marketing creativity and be super cutesy or whatever, I don't do it, but I, I put people around me to help me. Um, I also have terrible grammar, <laughs> so I don't write my own stuff. Like I have other people write for me, um, and get my message out there. So we all have that thing that we don't like doing, but how critical is marketing in business? <laughs> it's pretty much the engine of business. Right. So super important. Um, and I don't like to do it and I'm totally happy to say that, but I understand how marketing functionally works in the business. So I know there has to be parts of that out there for me if I want to continue to grow. Yeah. And you've also created your business in a way that doesn't require you to do a lot of like out there marketing. I'm like a lot of your businesses by referral and, mm -hmm. and it, you reach your goals through the way you've set it up. So I think that's, and if you wanted to grow it in a different way, you could, because you know how to do it. But I think that's important yeah. to know, you know, know what your strengths are higher for the, the weaknesses, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. So what do you think? I'm curious, like what are the top two myths about scaling a business that you wish people knew or that, you know, we think about our clients that you wish they knew. Yeah. Well? Um, I think the number one, one that's my favorite is, Hey, Rebecca, I don't want to double because I don't want to go from working 70 hours. Yes. To 140. I don't want to double how much I work. <laughs> Right, yeah. Right. So the, that's like the funniest thing is that people think if they double in their business or triple, that means like, that's the time. And it's like, it's such an employee mentality. Um, and here's the thing, like if you're actually really good at what you do and you're making somewhere between 80 and I'd say, depending on the industry between 80 and like 150, 200, yeah. you are actually in such a painful point in your business. If you're trying right. to do it all yourself. 
So that's like the biggest one is um, growing my business means more work, right? And it kind of does in the sense that you're going to have to focus on things that maybe aren't your strength. You're going to have to dig in and build some systems. You're going to have to like dig in and create a hiring system and hire people and put accountability in it in. But you know, it's going to be like hard now, easy later or easy now, hard later, you know? So it's kind of like if you start putting the money in a, in a bank account that has compound interest when you're 10 versus when you're 55, like what's the outcome, right? You're going to put a lot more in at 55. You're going to be a lot more tired and probably not have the best uh, quality of life versus you just put a little bit in at 10 and you just got really consistent. Like you can retire early and have all the money you need and not be burnt out. So it's that same thing in business. I see people try to muscle yeah. to get to a point where they think that everything's going to change right? Like if I just put my head down and work hard enough in my business, I'm going to wake up one day and have a half million dollars and then I'll put all the systems in place and then I'll hire all the right people and then we'll be good to go. Unfortunately, like you never wake up and have a big amount of money in your bank account, like unless it was by bank error. <laughs> but you know, it's just like losing weight. It's that consistency every day and building on a platform and like really getting all the things moving. And then one day you wake up and you're 20 pounds lighter. But the thing is, is that happened one, one and a half pounds at a time over time. And you probably didn't even notice it until you got to that result, which is that consistency that we talk about. Right. We forget that the things we do every day are the things that make the biggest difference. And right. you talked about it, like, you know, when you double your business, you know, people worry about it being more and it's not, the reason we don't do it too, I think is because it's different. Like you were saying, we have to do different things to get there. And that often feels like more, it feels harder because we don't know how, but it's mm -hmm. like anything else. Once you figure it out, you know it and you can get yeah. somebody else or systematize it, of course, so that someone else can do it for you. Yeah. Sometimes people are okay with the norm and it being comfortable, even though they don't get the results they want versus like really being willing to like change things up and get a little bit uncomfortable to get what you want. Right. Yeah. It's good. So that's the big one. The big one is it's going to take a lot more work. Um, the, se <laughs> the second thing about scaling is if they realize that part of scaling usually means they're going to have to like hire out parts of their business. Mm -hmm. um, oh, well, everybody's lazy or no one can do it as good as me. There's something about the relation of someone else doing it or representing you or speaking on behalf of you or whatever. Mm -hmm. That That's the other reason that people um, stay really small because they, and I think that goes back to what I was talking about earlier is they, they're, they value themselves so much in the business that if they didn't have to do it, what would be their value? Mm -hmm. So they, they, hiring or someone else in their business, almost the bad guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like I love talking, you know, usually one of the first hires we make in business is a right hand. Like if you've got a good business and you're going and you're working a lot, you know, a lot of those tasks you're doing are admin -y. I call them like $10 an hour work, $15 an hour work, and you should be doing $100 an hour work plus. And so when we talk about handing that off, it, you know, some people, they struggle so much, they're going through three, four, five admins, and they're just like, see, no one can do it as good as me. And it's like, well, you don't have a system. Like you didn't set them up to win. And if you have a listening for it's not going to work, guess what? It's just never going to work. If you have a belief that no one works as hard as you or everybody's lazy, right? I love millennials are lazy. Like they definitely work differently than we do, but they sure work a heck of a lot smarter. And I really appreciate their life balance, uh, work life balance as a Gen Xer who 
We just thought we were going <laughs> to have to like be in the trenches forever, right? <laughs> like we worked thinking the longer we were in the game, the more we were worth. And that's just not true. <laughs> right? right? So yeah, it's going to be different. And are you willing to look at different? And are you willing to lead? Yeah. You know, sometimes we're not confident about, we get that imposter syndrome right? Like I remember I got my first big contract and, you know, a long time ago and I made so much money and it was so great, but it was the first time ever. And then I didn't want to be in that contract anymore and do other things. Like I really had an identity crisis. Like, well, this one person paid me that, but will other people? Mm -hmm. And so that was like a huge, I almost even like sabotage myself. Like, well, I'll probably make a third of what I made before. Like I just had these crazy stories to like, I don't know, make me feel better <laughs> or like justify. Right. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is when I actually like went forward, I actually doubled what I made and didn't even work half as hard. Mm -hmm. So like go figure, right? So sometimes it's just being willing to like get out from under yourself of the imposter syndrome and just be willing to like put a team together. Like it's, you know, and like you said, systems, they help fix a lot of that stuff. Right. So let's really quickly define like your, your brain works in systems. Like you're, that's why for our listeners, Rebecca and I work so well together because I love the marketing and sales and the beliefs and all the vision and ah, and Rebecca loves putting it all together and making sure that it works on the back end yeah. so, and the delivery, but completely boring part of business. Right? <laughs> right. For most of us entrepreneurs, it's not our strong suit. So when, so give everyone like tell everyone like what's, what does a, what does a good system look like? How would I even develop one? How, where would I start right. with that? Somebody might be asking that. Well, yeah. One of the reasons that people struggle with systems is because they don't actually understand what a system really is. And a system is a step-by-step -step process that gets you from A to B or gets something from, you know, not built to built or not complete to complete. And the thing is, is most of us have bootstrapped our businesses and you get so good up here at like just automation. Like think about driving a car. Like if you drive your kids to school every day or you drive to a movie theater, a restaurant, a lot of times you're not even conscious for half of that drive. Right. Why is that? Because your brain has taken over. Like I've done this a hundred times. I'm just going to keep doing it. So that's awesome for things like that. It keeps us safe. You know, otherwise if our brain had to work that hard all the time on every single step, it would probably burn up or something. Right. But when it comes to like business and creating systems, you have to actually go down to the steps because if you just kind of you know, if there's a hundred steps to do something and you're consciously thinking of 50 and assuming that the other person knows the other 50, you're just not going to have a good training experience. And we all see things differently. So like, even if you take a word like, Hey, Rebecca, how do you define love? And you know, it would be completely different than how you define love or commitment or a system, even the word system, or, uh, what does retirement look like to you? Mm -hmm. You know, so you're already operating at a deficit when we think everyone thinks like us. And then when you don't break it down enough, the truth is, is you don't have a good system. And then when you try to hand that off to somebody else, you're not even saying them up to win. It's super right. unfortunate. So I like to pull people up when I'm working with groups and say, okay, I want you to teach me how to walk. What do I do first? Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, take a step. How do I do that? Like, what is the mechanics of taking a step? And 
everyone's laughing, but really it's like, right, it's right, pick it's your right. right foot up and put your knee at a 90 degree angle, then swing your ankle and start moving <laughs> forward. You know, and it's like, everyone laughs, but the truth is, is if you had to teach someone how to walk and you can't say, do it like this, right? Like, right. why can you do it? Like people that train people um, in their company, like just watch me. Like I see that a lot with like, cleaning companies, things like that. Like, just watch me. Mm -hmm. Well, that person's already so nervous and doesn't like operate on the same frequency as you. They can't, they can't possibly copy you. Right. You know, you look at McDonald's and everyone likes to vilify McDonald's. And then on the other side, they like to say they're such a great business. Why? Because everything is so mechanical there. Like everything is like three pickles on the Big Mac, not put some pickles on, put pickles on the Big Mac, three pickles on the Big Mac. Right. And so like, when you're willing, and this is where people are like, Rebecca, you're already boring me. This sounds like torture, nails on a chalkboard. I want to get out there and talk about what I do and sell. <laughs> and people just need to be, my people that work for me just need to be as excited and motivated as I am. And then it works. And the truth is, is it doesn't. You're a business owner hiring an employee or someone to do a task. And so that's really got to, you got to put the rails around that and set them up to win. Like people that work for you want to win. Mm -hmm. And when they have a good system and they understand like how their role works in the company and for the sake of what, then you got really happy employees that feel like they're winning every single day. And they are like, you want them to, we don't want it to be like a Rubik's cube, but it's like, look, if you figure it out, you get to keep working here. And if not so long, you're not cut out for it. Right. So, um, really breaking down the processes and systems in a, like literally uh, paint by number. Like to the ridiculous, to the like five year old three pickles, like, yeah, like seventeen <laughs> onion pieces. Yes, got it. And yeah. here's the thing: is it's it sounds so painful to do, and it kind of is, especially when you're like, I could just do this faster myself than telling someone else. But if you're willing to like do that for all these parts of your business, you never have to do it again. Like literally. And then that's where we don't get dependent on people in our business. Not that they're not important, but you know, maybe you've heard of like the bus test or something like that. That's where if you have systems that are that good, you can literally step out of the business and people can come in and do the training and they're doing it. And then you're not having to stop what you're doing and retrain someone again and again and again and again. And it's 2020 right now. So there's plenty of tools out there and technology to train people remotely, to train them step by step, to like, you know, video train them, to get feedback on video. Uh, so it's just like, it's probably one of the easiest times I would say to be an entrepreneur, just based on being able to scale with what we have around us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a lot different than, you know, a hundred years ago. So is there anything different? Like, you know, I think a lot of times um, people will say, well, I have to, you know, I'm hiring part-time people. I'm not hiring W2 employees, so I don't have to yeah. do this. Is there anything different um, between, between why you would need to create a great system if you're hiring part-time versus full-time or virtual assistants as a lot of people call them? In no, um, because I want you to do the things that I want it, that the way I want them done. So even like as a coach, like I do fulfillment for a few different companies and my first question is, well, how do you want me to coach here? Mm -hmm. And then, then I just get this weird look. Like, what are you talking about? Like, maybe even a look of panic. Like, wait a minute. You said you were a business coach. What do you mean? How do I do this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, how do I do it here? Um, I kind of joke sometimes uh, when I'm talking to people because, like, you, you want me to make sure that I'm kind of nice. 
like I am, but I've got another client that's like, just sock them in the gut, like just hold their feet to the fire. Like, you know, and so, but it's the culture, right? The culture that we have here and what we do. And it's not like, I'm not being fake. Um, I liken it to, we all know not to say the F word around our parents, but we say it around our friends. <laughs> so, you know, it's just having that little, uh, that little filter or, you know, whatever on how you want to be. So when I'm running my business, like I want everyone to be super clear about how my culture is. And so yeah. that is part of the training and the execution. So even though I'm hiring like a contractor to do my social media, they need to know what, who my audience is and and how I speak to them so that they can mimic that. You know, ghostwriters do that a lot with writing books. I know a New York Times bestselling author, several books, didn't write one themselves. Hmm. Someone else wrote that, but they were really good at getting the voice of the author and made them look really good. And it, you read those books, you're like, that sounds just like them. But the truth is, is they didn't write that book. You know, they spoke it and the uh, ghostwriter made them look really good. So those things are available to you all the time because it's just about making sure the thing gets done. Mm -hmm. So who do I have to hire to do that? You know, I know business finance really well. I have no idea how to use QuickBooks. I mean, if you gave me a login, I could figure it out, but I know how to read a PL. So that, you know, as a business owner, my highest and best use is not entering my lunch receipt in from my business meeting yesterday. Right. You no, know, it's, it's, you know, it's leading that and making sure that um, I'm out ahead of the business. Right. Got it. All right. Last part, we're going to talk about really scaling next levels. So thinking about like, what's your best advice? We're kind of going to break it apart, but I think it's yeah. different, right? For someone who's scaling from first, I think for the, and you probably agree the first, the hardest is to go from zero to a hundred mm-hmm. and then hundred K and then there's a hundred K to 250 where people kind of get stuck and then 250 to 500. And then there's 500 to a million people really want. And then there's a million and beyond because by then your company is very different. So that's a wide question, but how do you want to, what's your best advice for people who are at the different levels and why does it matter? Yeah. When you're a, when you're a beginning business, I think time management has a lot to do with what, how you spend your time and what you're doing in the business. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we tend to like spend all of our time on one activity. Like I don't have any money, so I'm, I'm going to go market like crazy. And then you get a bunch of clients and you don't have any time to market because you're doing fulfilling. So I think it kind of changes when you're, when it's really about taking that extra time to just pick one piece of your business. Like maybe it's like your social media, you know, like, you know, you have to have a digital footprint, you know, you need to be out there like sending messages and putting digital content out there, you know, but there's like, uh, maybe a system you have is one time a month, you put all your content together for the month and then you use a system like Meet Edgar or Social Bee or Hootsuite or something like that to deploy it, mm-hmm. right? So even saying this is a system of how we do social marketing here. And the thing is, is if you know how it's done, how easy is it at that point to hand it off to somebody else? Right. Really easy. So practice just doing little things like that. Another area is um, customer fulfillment. Like whatever you do to fulfill the thing you do, write that process out. And I always look at processes and say, okay, is that a $10 an hour job or a $100 an hour job, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can't really pass off coaching to somebody else at this point in my business, but I can pass off, you know, communicating with the person, sending them the necessary documents or templates, sending them notes, scheduling them, giving them a reminder call. Like I can hire all that out if there's a good system. So you know, the good news is, is you can totally run your business with systems. There's lots and lots and lots and lots of systems. 
the maybe not so good news is there's lots and lots and lots and lots of systems. Yeah. But like that's what helps you grow. So as you get to be a bigger company, we're going to put different systems in place that help support like a bigger foundation. So that might be systems for managing people, systems for, um, you know, like, you'll get systems. I have a client that they do an event. We'll even think about the events that we do. How many people put their hands in that event? Seven, mm -hmm. seven to eight. So how do you create a system where all the checks and balances happen? So, you know, standard operating procedure or using technology that does project management or customer management. So we know where the baton handoff is. Mm -hmm. So as you get to be bigger and you need to bring more people on, that's going to put extra systems of managing people and customers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really easy to manage 10 customers a year. It's a completely different thing to manage a thousand customers a year. And scaling and putting systems in place is what makes that possible. So it really is a matter of like systematizing yourself when you're a small business versus like systematizing other people or roles or departments or functions when you have a bigger business with more people and more moving parts, right? Like if I have a lemonade stand, I can come up with a system on doing lemonade. But if I start adding different kinds of lemonade, frozen lemonade, hot dogs on the side, candy, soda, you know, and I start increasing my days of operation instead of just weekends, those systems are going to build upon each other in a lot of different ways. But you don't have to look at your whole business right now and be like, great, I'm not a system at all. It's not worth it. You know, whatever. Just start by, if there's one thing, because systems equal saved time. Let's talk about systems that. You go one to many. Let's talk about like one, like where, like which systems or which system can give the best return on investment for someone who's just getting started because they probably don't have a system yet. You know what? It's your time. A system for your time, time management. Oh my gosh. Like I think we were just on another training and you were talking about uh, sometimes most of us get up and the first thing we do is look at social media and the next thing you know, an hour and a half has gone. Right. Um, I do a cool time management training and uh, it talks about, we saw, I start out with 720 hours a month and I just start breaking it down. Mm -hmm. but like people think they don't have enough time and you, I guarantee you, if you actually blocked out your time doing the right things at the right time and actually had a team, you would, I mean, when I did this, I literally had 32 hours a week. I was like, I don't know what to do. And that's after factoring in maybe candy crush or playing games or just like <laughs> right. binge watching TV. I still, I mean, I was covering my business that was covering my relationships that was covering uh, going to the gym that was covering meditation that was covering reading that and was you still had 32 hours I still and then eight hours of sleep that's where I that was the very first thing wow. I told because I want to sleep so I took yeah. a bunch of time off but like when we don't manage our time we're not efficient and and things get away from us you know there's a great book out there called uh the happiness equation yeah it's super easy read like literally you could read it in a couple days but one of the things that I loved about that book is he said, as humans, we will take all the time that we give ourselves to get something done. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I got to get these five things done today, it will take all day because anything else that comes in, you'll accept because you're like, well, I mean, it's only lunchtime. I still have three hours to get those two things done. If you wake up and say, I got to get these five things done by 10 a.m., you'll get them done by 10 a.m. Even I love how you say, it's amazing what we can get done the night before we have to go on vacation. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when you get very locked and determined, like that's a good thing for humans. It's so crazy, but we operate really good under constraint. Mm -hmm. 
And as entrepreneurs, that's the one thing we're trying to get away from, right? Yeah. We don't, we want to get away from our job or a boss or someone telling us what to do. We want to live life on our own terms or the sky's the limit. Yeah. And so our greatest strength becomes our greatest weakness because we're not willing to do that for ourselves or for the people that we hire. Right. And so, you know, you don't, I just, I don't really believe in the hashtag hustle, hashtag grind. Like, I don't believe in that. I believe if you really systematize and plan out and put, you know, systems and processes and goals or like metrics to your business, mm-hmm. you can see how to grow it. Sometimes people think they just have to work so hard to grow their business and it's not hard work and it's not intelligence. Sorry if you're a multimillionaire out there right now and you have like, you know, a 97 IQ, like good for you. Some people get mad that, you know, I say a lot of millionaires aren't smart, like intelligent wise, they're not, but they're willing to be courageous or willing to do whatever it takes or willing to ask for help. And they are totally fine not doing all the work. They don't value what they're doing as valuable. They value how much they can get moving or who they can get on board. Men are so good at this. Men are so good at asking for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone once said that when a man starts a business, he hires his team. And when a woman starts a business, she is the team. And that's yeah. not all the time. And we're totally generalizing. So don't email us and get mad. Yeah. <laughs> In general terms, most of the women that we work with, you know, haven't hired or they have a virtual assistant doing a tiny amount, but not enough for them to scale and get to that next level. It's why I think it's one of not the only reason, but one of the reasons why women, only 3% of women business owners make it over the million dollar mark, make it or something. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. heartbreaking. So shout out to women and all the, you know, women um, business owners out there that scaling is one of those things that can keep you, help you get to the next level. And to all the guys that they're listening, thank you. And you yeah. do this very well. And we're watching. Yeah. You, so. um, men, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, we're just kind of buried under years of culture. And of course there's exceptions. And I think we're definitely moving into a a difference, but Mm -hmm. like, we don't need to beat ourselves up about it. You know, uh, we came from a culture where men had to go out and make sure there was food on the table and women did everything else. Right. And as women became uh, more liberated and started entering the workforce, they carried that, that same thing in there and men carried their same thing. I've been in um, corporate America. That's very, I've been in male dominated industries and I'll tell you what, to watch men help each other out is amazing. Mm. And yet women don't, women love to like kind of hang around and hold each other back with their stories mm-hmm. or why they can't be big or why they can't spend money on their business because that's family money. Mm-hmm. And you know, we kind of, you know, all these are layers of scaling. Mm-hmm. most men will invest whatever it takes to get to the finish line. They're very clear about what their purpose is to bring money in and put food on the table. And, you know, and they love to have fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas women are like, well, I should do the dishes. Like getting a woman to hire a house cleaner sometimes is the hardest thing I can do mm-hmm. because she finds value in running her own home. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, however, there's nothing wrong with hiring it out and spending more time with your kids or taking right. a self, uh, care day or working on your business. Right. Um, you know, I know you rely on a lot of family help and home help for Luca, uh, to run your business and you still have an enormous amount of quality time with him. So sometimes we just have to think about how we want to do something or give ourselves permission to actually live where we want to live and hire and spend what we want to spend. Um, you hear me say it, money is just a tool. 
Right. It and is. the second that money is emotional, you lose. Right. So if it's emotional about making it, spending it, asking other people for it, uh, we just did a sales camp and, uh, you know, one of the things that somebody said there was, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I should be, if I should be charging this much cause I don't even have enough money to pay for what I'm offering. And I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> you know, that's a huge limiting belief. And, uh, I always kind of nail people with, you don't know what other people value. So why do you decide their destiny? Right. You said that to her and she said, whoa. And yeah. Then she was like, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm taking it to the next level. So yeah. So part of scaling, yeah. the very first thing you have to do is to decide, right? You got to decide and be willing. And the next thing is just start small. Mm -hmm. You know, what are one or two things? Maybe it's managing your time. Maybe it's managing social media. Like what, just think about when I talked about teaching someone to walk and break it down to the steps. There might be 200 steps to doing a simple thing. That's okay. Yeah. The more you can break it down, the easier it is to train, hold people accountable and to actually like lead people. Um, and then you don't have to be the bad guy with this like weird expectation of, I thought you said this and I really meant this. And then it's like, you're hard to work for. And it's like, you're lazy. And now we have a whole big story. See, I should have just right, story. myself. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. We're gonna have to do it again. I have so many things I want to talk with you about this year. So for our listeners, Rebecca will definitely be back. I know she's a fan favorite. So um, <laughs> email us at contact at sales coach now and let us know what you thought. Um, other topics you'd like us to talk more about. And then also um, remember to go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift to get your PDF on how to double your sales. We'd love to see you out at the next sales camp. You can email us at contact at salescoachnow.com and we'll tell you exactly how you can get your special price to come to sales camp two days. We offer 10. See us. Yeah, I know. 10 public sales camps a year, two in San Diego where it's really warm and nice and I get to go there this week and then eight in Minnesota. <laughs> some in the winter, but I'll tell you what, the airfare to Minnesota, um, in the wintertime is very, <laughs> that was really easy to get here. All right, Rebecca, thanks again for being here. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Of our community. To our listeners all over the world, we're grateful for you. Email us, keep in touch and make this your most epic month yet. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to double your sales now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.